All right, welcome to the Trigalian Times, as I know it, the clusterfuck. Um, we have a returning guest this time around, and another returning and a new new friend. Uh, we have Alexia Card from Noir. Hi, everybody. My co-host, Kylon. Hello. Uh, we got Reese from Strybog. Hey there. And Tim. Hello, friends. <laughs> so... Kind of want to do this. Everyone's probably been paying attention to the fun of, you know, Reddit or, you know, people's discords blowing up, sharing all the road to fan fest update clusterfuck that's going on, um, which is fun. I like some of the changes. Uh, some of them are kind of head scratching about. Um, so let's kind of go into... We're, we'll cover the stuff none of us really care too much about. Um, new air thing for players to learn how to mine. I mean, cool. Mining's not that hard. I don't get it. <laughs> I think they could have come up with something better than uh, um, learn how to mine. That's pretty straightforward and simple. Well, hopefully it's more like... Uh some kind of narrative or way to make mining a little bit more engaging show players how to make a little bit of initial money in a yeah. way that doesn't bore them to death yeah yeah it, that's what it kind of says it you know it's it's got a storyline to it um so i mean that'll be helpful but it i mean it's mining just know what crystals yeah. use not the most complicated gameplay, especially when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. uh, reflecting in space, they're going to do another update to improve ref reflections on ships. Which, I mean, I like it when I can play on performance mode. I mean, yeah, uh, on, cool. yeah on performance mode. Not performance, uh, quality mode. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I got six yeah. tunes up and running, I'm in potato mode, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Eve looks pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm always a fan of them keeping that up to date and, and making more improvements. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Every time I roll back from potato mode and I'm just flying with my main, I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. I want to rub my face on the screen. Um, I only run uh, three, <laughs> three clients at, at full quality. And I won't say it doesn't give my computer a workout, but... Uh... For the most part, it works as long as I'm not on grid with uh, several hundred people fighting. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I agree with you on that one. I could run four. Uh, the second I fire up a fifth one, my computer actually just locks up. So we'll see if that change it change forces me down to three, but whatever. Um, I mean, I always like them keeping it pretty. Who doesn't? I mean, Eve is awesome to fly around and see cool stuff in so uh guardians gal is ending what in two days i think it ends on the 22nd yeah and then we get the string of fun stuff of friendship week uh the hunt so all you hunters get ready to to steal people's stuff uh from their pods when you kill them um and then caps lead day um let's see and I think that's yep. it for the tiny stuff. None of us There's really this, uh, this Poco change, 
I was going to get into that. Pocos. Okay, that's, you were, that's, yeah. That's going to be fun and interesting. I Maybe Omega and Friends won't have as many Pocos up anymore. Because <laughs> getting rid of going from 10,000 EHP to 500, I have 10 million EHP to 500,000 EHP is. That is yeah, that's yeah. big. That's and I think the, the onlining delay is designed so that, you know, it, it reduces the like, the way you can currently just like ninja drop one yep. on people as soon as one dies yeah, um, as a third party or whatever. Like this, at least like if you're not, if you don't control the field, yours is just going to die before it onlines. Yeah. Nice. That yeah. That's a change that needed to happen ages ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing yeah. more frustrating when you, when you've clawed through 10 million hit points on one of those things, you win, everything feels good. You got your DST coming in, and oh, somebody decloaks on the grid or whatever, and just yeah. snatches it away. You have to go through the whole process all over again. It was terrible it. gameplay. Yeah, it is. It's not fun. Um, I'm really excited for that. It, it'll be interesting for us people who live in Pokemon, um and wormholes and stuff like that where Pokos are put up. But Pokemon's always hotly contested, so I feel there's going to be a lot of Poco battles now. Oh. Is there a Omega equivalent in Pachman? No. Uh, kind of. Pandemic Hordes kind of moved in a little hard on some of it. But most people have stuff in their areas of space. I know Kybernauts does. Kylon and Reese. What about you guys for Toast and Shrybug? Oh, yeah. We're, it's safe to say we're well entrenched. Yeah. Everyone's got their little area, but most people... I mean, the, the taxes are... A lot of times not even there. So most people don't care. Well, um, the idea is that you want it up and being able not to get gouged on taxes. So you leave it low so you don't get blown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it it's interesting, yeah, but it's not it's not Omega and Friends where one person controls it all. Yeah. I don't think, you know, for me at least like the Poco change isn't gonna affect my gameplay in any serious way but i do you know i appreciate when they update other people's gameplay too <laughs> yeah i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of war decking and destruction going on once that happens that means you don't need so much of an investment to take down a poco in high sec mm-hmm. because think about the high sec mechanics you have to war deck and it's going to take a lot of people coming together to take down 10 million Hit points in high sec. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure whole systems will get purged really quick. Yeah, there we've been dealing we've been having a Poco war in Tanudin for a while and some of you may have heard of it. And uh, the guys there have the taxes set just <laughs> extremely high. Yeah. But well, you know, we've been uh, you know, we'll Take them. We've been taking down their pogos, but they'll warp on grid and drop a new one quicker than we can. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting, to say the least. Um. <laughs> let's let's start getting to the the other fun. This is this is the stuff that you guys, Alex and Ten, um, the battleship update. Because you guys, well, I know Alex, you guys bash structures pretty good with your battleships. Um, I'm excited for 
the increase in armor plates and shield extenders um, and the reduction for uh, large micro jump drives. Um, yeah, it's a significant reduction too. It's yeah. um, I think it's like 1300 some power grid down to like 800. So like that's enough power grid for another 1600 plate right there. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's the context to look at it in. It's not like battleships had any trouble fitting a micro jump drive right now. It wasn't really a, an issue that was on anybody's radar. Yeah, um, more headrooms, more headroom, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the context of this change is you're going to see almost 100% battleships are going to be fitting at least two plates, at least two extenders. I think, I mean, it's very reasonable to think we might see triple-plated fits become more meta now with the amount of buff that they're getting. So they're going to need a little extra room for that. So we'll we'll probably see the micro jump changes in the context of that. Yeah. And I mean having a micro jump or a micro warp drive is still super useful. I'm not sure whether we'll see like just projection fits that can hit out to 100, 150 and then they just micro jump around or if we'll see dual propping, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning a bit toward the former, uh, just just because it seems to make sense min max wise. But it is convenient to be able to like get back onto a gate really fast and things like that. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be the former myself. Um, I've seen what entire fleets with uh, typhoons with jump drives can do, and it scares the hell out of people when you know all of a sudden an entire fleet of typhoons moves a hundred kilometers and starts dropping on something else. Well. Also, something to think about is how much, um, you know, abyssal rolls are going to play a part into this and how that market's going to spike most likely. Um, there's somebody posting on r slash e that they had a 1 million hit point Abaddon. They have to have had wormhole effects or something on it. Yeah. And I, I think you'll see that perhaps more in wormhole space or maybe high end low sec. I think as far as like a null sec meta or your average day-to-day -day gameplay in any area of space, really. You're not going to see people with high-grade amulets with abyssal-rolled plates on Tech 1 battleships and things like that. Yeah. I, I, just cost-wise, it, it doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. It's interesting. It's going to definitely change the balance a little bit um, in terms of repairs as well. A full, like, heated nanite paste load in a large ancillary armor repair is now almost the same EHP or even a little less in some cases depending as a 1600 plate you know so that fitting choice becomes a lot less uh, clear at least for like a lot of the gameplay I do where like it's it's always been like you definitely put the Ansel armor repair on there because the EHP value of it is so high. But now that plates are getting buffed, it's gonna be a much a much closer decision and the armor repair has a much higher fitting cost than the plate. So there's definitely gonna be cases where you get more out of doing a plate and fitting some other things. Yeah, I can see it. I mean I know it, it's an old sh shack that we used to use, but we'd still think double plate and run t uh, at least one remote rep um, and a one cap uh, remote capacitor repper and still manage to squeeze a lot of random shit out of the shack just to do damage. But 
it'll it'll be interesting to say the least because I have a feeling a lot of triple play is going to happen. So yeah, and and I cringe every time I have to repair certain ships. Yeah, I think especially if you're in low sec or in some other context like home defense in null sec kind of thing where you have access to repairs quickly and easily, mm -hmm. going full buffer is going to be a lot um, better than active repair. Yeah. No, I agree yeah, with you on that. I've been looking comparing some fits on CC and... Uh the main server and it looks like on plated battleships about 25% increase in hit, hit points. Makes sense. Yeah. Between the base ship hit points and the plate going up 50%, that's about, that's about right, yeah. Yep. Um, the other thing that kind of pairs in with this is Surgical Strike. Mm. Getting 50% of what they took away back. So yep. that's that's going to play a huge role, too. Um, EHP is going to spike on a lot of ships. It's going to spike everything across the board. Yeah. Uh, in the context of the new plate changes, the battleships are actually not going to be as, probably as benefited from this change as some of their competitors. Yep. Because you've got to imagine they're going to fit more straight buffer and less resists. So we, well, I mean, they'll still fit something. You've got to. You can't just go uh, like six plates. That's, that's not gonna get <laughs> well, the job. You can. <laughs> we can't on a baden or something. That might that might be a thing. But uh, realistically, they'll probably fit uh, one to three resistance mods or something along those lines. Yeah. And you know they'll get the benefit from that. But uh, I think things like tanky hacks will probably get a little bit more of this bonus. Um. Yeah, man, it's going to be so I interesting. I, with the, I think with... hacks actually are going to benefit less from this than T1 stuff because they have such high base resists that, um, you know, they're less sort of less reliant on the resist mods to achieve um, the resists they're looking for. Or, you know, using specific hardeners for a single resist that they have a hole in, like, you know, you see T2 Glente stuff almost always has something to fill that explosive hole. But I think T1 stuff that's using a lot of multi specs and things like that are going to benefit a little more. Yeah. No, I can agree. I, I don't, I, I'm interested to see it roll back because when I was not playing when Surgical Strike came out, so my one of my long breaks. So I'll, coming back and seeing how much resistance was lost, and seeing at least some of it come back, it, it'll kind of feel nice for me. I don't have the oh, rage. Wow. I don't have the rage some of some of you guys who played through it when it happened about it. So, I mean, well, yes. The but thing yeah. with most of the hacks is that seeing a double-plated hack, for instance, double-plated zealot or double-plated sacrilege, is extremely rare because they're fittings. So, most of the time, you're not going to be fitting like one-plate triple damage mod to a hack because you need that a certain amount of EHB or resist to make that concept work. I think that's going to be extremely true now that we've got the battleships coming back into the meta here. Uh, you're going to need enough to survive in SIG tank. Uh, I think micro-warp driving, kiting, hacks are definitely going to have a lot of challenges with the battleship meta that's evolving here. Um, 
they're going to need a little bit more mobility in like a SIG tanking concept instead of just uh, micro-warp driving around and hoping that their alpha and rate of fire is going to beat the battleship's rate of fire and alpha because now it's going to take a lot more hacks to alpha that same battleship. And the chance that that battleship is going to catch reps has gone up dramatically in terms of medium to large fleet fighting. Um, so hacks are still going to be fitting those resistance mods. I'd say at least two per ship, if not more. Um, and because the resists are already really high, you know, stacking things on top of that is not great. So when you're getting a little bit more per each thing, it, it can actually increase your survivability dramatically. Yeah. Now, I mean, 10 does make a good point in that, I mean, it's resistances. Every ship's got resists. Hacks have a lot of base resists. Battleships do not. Battleships are still going to be fitting resistance mods to try to make up some of that gap. I think just the relative value is a little bit more favorable for the smaller ships there. And they're going to have an, uh, a competitive advantage. One of the few competitive advantages versus the new battleships is that instead of just buffer, they're going to have sustainability under reps. Yep. So they're going to I would expect probably need to optimize for that a little bit more than they're doing now. Yeah. And that's kind of the big question, right? Is like, is this enough to tip the meta in large on the larger end of the scale from Munins to battleships? TBD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's big, big TBD. Like, for certain large groups, probably not. I mean, if you can field enough munins to alpha strike the new battleships, I don't think right. there's a compelling reason to change away from that. Mm -hmm. But I think the number of people that can do that has dropped dramatically with this patch. Yes, I think at the anything less than fully mass scale, it's going to be a much tighter decision now. Right, right. No, I, you know, I... Your roaming fleet of like 50 serbs or 40 munins is not going to be able to do what they do now. Yeah. No, it, it, it's going to change that meta a lot, which will be interesting. I mean, a lot of people complain about the hack meta, but I think this is kind of going to make a decision. Like, it's going to be a decision point. Like, do we all hop in battleships that can survive? Can survive it, or do we try to counter hack back? Like, it's I think it's going to it's going to shake things up, which I like to see. I like to see the meta. The question kinda... is, that, can it bring back the shield Lashak? <laughs> Listen, the shield the shack is a serious thing in small gang. If you couple oh, it with a remote tracking computer scimitar that's armor tanked, they just rep each other. The shack shoots to 120. Everything's glorious. Oh wow! I always wondered if it's possible to get one. Yeah. Just always ask a small ganger. They come up with weird shit, and make it work. It's terrible, expensive ideas, but they're really funny while they're happening. <laughs> Oh, oh, you mean like the Amelia succubus that I found? That's like 4.2 billion isk, and I was like, yeah, nope, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> someone gifted me a succubus um, with a one MN afterburner that's basically it's like 0.1 or 0.2 meters a second away from a perfect speed roll, <laughs> uh, and I just use it as an interceptor, yeah, and it's hilarious. But you know. I would never, I would probably never pay for something like that myself. <laughs> Makes oh, I, looked, gift, I, I built it sitting in Jitta and I was like, yeah, nope, nope. I just watched the price keep going up and up. You small gangers come up with some wacky ideas sometimes. 
That's cool. Like I've I've taken some of them and adapted them to be cheaper. Yeah, well, that's the you know the kind of fun of fitting at a certain point is like a lot of parts of the fitting meta are, are fairly solved. Like we all know what an oracle fit looks like. We all know what a caracal fit looks like. Mm-hmm. But when you can dig up something like really esoteric and make it work because it's such an edge case, that's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know this one. Um, I don't know about you, Ten, but I know, Alec, you'll be dealing with this a little bit with your contracts. Um, structure updates. Um, I know they're very vague on this. I didn't look around too much for it, even though I own structures. Um, kind of curious what, what falls from the tree, if it's going to be easier, or what they're actually going to do to deal with structures. Yeah, that's something they have they have offered no details on anywhere that I've ever, you know, I've seen. Um, aside from that, you know, they're taking that uh, sort of group Reddit posts from, a, you know, the majority of large scale FCs all saying like fighting on and around structures is kind of shit. I'll be so, surprised if they take that, if they take it one to one, but every question yeah. we have is that whatever changes we see are going to be heavily influenced by if not almost completely influenced by that post. Yeah, I think generally their goal is going to be to make fighting structures and fighting on structure grids feel better, but how they're going to do that, they have given us no hints. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, it's it's super vague, and it says April, so I, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do. Um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to say the least. I think the, the most interesting thing to think about is it seemed like there might be more to come on structures at FanFest. So I think whatever we get between now and then, we're going to have to keep an open mind about what exactly it means because it sounds like there's going to be a part two coming out about a month to two months later. And yeah, who knows what what that means exactly. Yeah. I, I would expect the initial patch or the initial update to be perhaps more combat focused and maybe the fan fest is something a little more comprehensive. Um, I think that makes sense, but we really don't, I mean, to, to Ten's point, we really don't know. It's all kind of general right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little vague and, and very general. Um, uh, blueprint changes. I know, uh, Reese, you're going to want to get into this um, a little bit. Um, they want to change things around, so they're going to be changing blueprints around, um, probably because no one's flying anything that's expensive with the way things went. Um, uh, I mean, it's just like anything else. It's when it gets to be a really cost-prohibitive thing and you can just mass-produce something else, why... Why invest so much into something that's harder to make? And the hardest part is making that that uh, one thing I can't think of off the top of my head, but it requires gas, and gas right now is ha- is still hard to farm, and not a lot of people do it. Well, hopefully, you know they're introducing gas compression with these mining changes coming in, so hopefully that'll loosen oh, that yeah. bottleneck a little bit. But tweaking the blueprints is also uh relevant to me in particular the the faction blueprints right now no one just no one's building them that's why the price of a lot of pirate 
uh, cruisers and battleships is is so high is because it's you buy them for LP or you don't have them. Yeah. The now I don't really build these, so one thing I guess I'll ask you is: doesn't it require specific gas from that part of space to make that pirate uh, ship of sorts? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm terrible at industry. I just am aware of the prices of of uh, you know, various pirate cruisers because, you know, I happily will play around with Cinnables at 100 mil or even 200 mil, but they're like 350 now or whatever they are. It's just like this price is not worth what I'm getting out of this ship. Yeah, Faustin in chat just said pirates take two races gases to make them. Ugh. So it's probably the hard two associated. Yeah. And so you've got two different parts of space you need to go to get into low sec or null, grab that gas and get out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, with compression, making it easier to move it around. Cause I know some of the more industrial minded people I know have said that like a big, a big part of that is that gas is really bulky and you have to react it locally and then move it. Yeah. If you can move it first and then react it, hopefully that'll free up some, uh, you know, just some, some fluidity in that market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can just drift right into it. The compression changes. Um, I've been reading it way too much over the past couple hours before, before the show. Um, just cause some parts it's like, okay, I got to backtrack and reread this section. Um, it's total. Like I, I had to wrap my mind around it that, I mean, it sucks. Like mining Mercoxit, you're not going to be able to compress it as well as you used to. Um, but I did that outside of Pachman because I don't have a structure to take it to and I'm not transporting lots of ISK gate to gate for no reason. Um, but everything's doing, it's no longer 10 to 1, um, I mean 100 to 1 uh, when you compress. It's 1 to 1, um, but you're compressing ore and moon ore 100 to 1 ratio wise um, for the size that it takes up, the space it takes up. And then ice and gas is ten to one, so you'll you'll get the like instead of doing a hundred uh, veldspar to one compressed, it's a hundred veldspar to a hundred compressed. But it's a it's a really weird thing. Yeah, uh, it, it they standardized it, which kind of sucks because I kind of like the variability. But it's one to one, and you still need a hundred compressed to refine it. It's just the size, the volume size has changed. So it's basically yeah. just a packaging change. Yep. Basically, like, you're taking, like, some of the numbers that were can came out is, like, yeah, it's about this. you get some of them, the size is actually reduced from what it currently is with the kind of standardizing ratios. But it's just weird that, you know, compressing isn't taking 100 and turning it into one and uh, kind of doing that stuff. It, it threw me off quite a bit. Well, they but. did make one good change on that with the compression, the portable compression, mm -hmm. is originally they were only going to give moon compression to Rorkles. Yeah. But now they're giving it to Orcas and Rorkles. And I see that as a good change overall. Yep. I moon mine hard, so I know how that goes. Um, <laughs> I really wanted this for a while. Um, so I'm really excited that that's going to come into play. Uh, gas, yes, compression is cool that we're going to get it, but 
you cap out once you repro when you start reprocessing it or decompressing it, whatever the fuck they want to call it. Um, it's the max it can do with a Tatara and max skills is 95% um, refining. So 5% loss. It's not bad to be able to transport a little bit easier. Yeah, there is a bit of a loss, though, with the decompression of gas. Mm -hmm. And it's something, but I guess that's the trade-off for being able to compress it and move it. Yeah. The good news is that uh, that loss is coming in because there really isn't a gas refining equivalent, so they have to put loss in at that step. Yep. Yeah. No. Well, there's yeah. also the the fact that you're looking at you can you can compress gas with a porpoise now. So day tripping into wormholes is going to be viable. Getting that gas and getting out. The only thing is, it takes a while to harvest gas. Yeah. It really does. But right. that's the but thing you don't is... need 900 trips to get it out of the wormhole. Yes. This is true. <laughs> Can't hate on that. Reese, you know how it goes mining mining in Pakovin. Uh I'm excited about compressing all the abyssal ore because I think whenever I mine hard in a home field, it would take me anywhere between 12 and 18 jumps through the wormhole to get all of my stuff out with a miasmos. Now, like a max field about this, though. Think about this, though. The fact that you can probably put trillion, uh, I'm sorry, not trillion, but like a lot of ore into an orca. So yep. much ore that it would be more than well worth the gank. Mm -hmm. And you could just grab and go with yeah. a couple of DSTs. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, the one plus side. Like, uh, And I like that it's remote, too. So if you're boosting, if you're if you got your your core running and you have your module running, People can just compress it in there, you know, prospect or Hulk or whatever the hell they're flying. They don't yeah. have to drop it off at the Orca or the Fork or the Rork. And the ranges and, are ridiculous that you can get them out to. And can mining is much more viable now because they're doubling the cans. Yep. So you can have them compress it, chuck it in a can, and you can use the tractor beam and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. So you can stay on fields a lot longer. Yep. Which is a good thing, especially for Moonor. Moonor is just a pain, you know. It's so big, <laughs> and you've got so much of it to mine out when you've got a long pull going. So, it should make yeah. a lot of things better. I know that. Like, I do twenty-eight day pulls on my moons, and right now with my six accounts, if they're all mining, I actually have one of my characters just fly miasmo. So my orca and and for um. Um, mining barges can just stay on grid and never leave. <laughs> just keep the mining constantly going. But I, I think with my skills that I have right now on on the main server, I was testing it on CC with an Orca. I could I could have somebody compressing it like 140 kilometers away. No, that's just ridiculous. That's further um, than boost go. Yeah, it's. Max skills um, for a Rorkel, its base is 144. Maxed out, it's 216. Orca starts at 83 kilometers, maxes out at 125. And Porp starts at 44, maxes out at 66. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That so, gives you a lot of flexibility on being able to have people on different parts of the field 
at the same time and being able to manage it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. Um, that, I, I'm, I'm excited for the changes, but I'm also kind of like, man, I got a shit ton more crap. My, uh, fleet laws for mining has a train now. Yeah, and here's another thing. If you aren't doing the gala now, you need to do it and get the those pieces from the data sites, I think it is, yep. and turn those into books because yep. those books are going from anywhere from 70 million up to 270 right now in yep. Jitta. Yep. I, I still think it was funny seeing like some of the random stuff with returning the ore pilots to uh, ore or the scientists. Oh yeah. Apparently, some people are not returning them. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah, because you know CCP. I mean, it's not CCP. E pilots like to keep random weird shit. <laughs> I, I love. Sorry, seeing... I can't take you home. You've become a collector's item. Exactly. <laughs> You're a collector's item now. A hundred uh, billion isk isn't worth me to turn you in. <laughs> well, who knows what? Well, you might be worth six months from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We all do strange things. That's the great thing about it. like anyone that plays Eve. We all have like weird, fun little quirks. Like someone, I collect uh, every shit. <laughs> so someone I I know who's kind of stepping back from the game uh, gifted me a ship the other day, and when I I accepted the contract and then I looked at the ship, and there's his corpse, my corpse. And a mutual friend of ours corpse in the ship hold. I'm just like, what uh what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, just some icing on the cake for that uh that uh dump yeah. off of the ship. Yeah, it's just gonna help you with your blood writer, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean we're we're pretty bad in Kybernauts. We all want all of Opus's alts corpses. We want yeah, every Opus like Magnus corpse. <laughs> There's, you know, there's a set. You got to complete it. Yeah, like 16 active characters right now. I think he said he maxes us out at 21. A couple of guys who have a few of them. So is that mad dash? Um, so let's 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 kind of keep this rolling a little bit. Um, the crab season stuff. I don't know if either of you guys have hop dropped on. Yeah, I figured they'd be under the umbrella. No one's gonna try and hot drop on something doing it. I haven't even seen one. Yeah. I've I'll seen a few. Um, they did change it so that the, the rats, uh, you know, kind of focus on the ships running the site and don't immediately switch like normal site rats do to um, anyone attacking that ship, which I think is a, I think the normal AI uh, puts a high value on E-War. So if you come into a site where someone's doing PVE and use a, a point or a scram on them, suddenly you've jumped way up the aggro chart and the rats switch to you. But these crab beacon rats uh, tend to tend to stick to the capital ships, which is nice because they'll just fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're decreasing. Uh, the, yeah, they're 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 um what decreasing the blueprint LP yeah. files. Less cost yeah. to make the beacon and more reward for running the site. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I more... guess Doom. That means their people aren't running them as much as they were hoping. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. And then, can't believe they're doing this. The Rorkel hot drop. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see. 
what uh, what exactly they allow. If if as it says in here, it's only mining ships near them. Yeah. Fine. It's just moving your whole. You know, you've got a Rorqual and ten hulks, and you're just jumping them from moon to moon. Yeah. Quality Not of life, it. whatever. I don't know. I'm pretty worried about it because I think it's a great way to just get out of jail free card for your mining fleet. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to work to the Athenor. You just conduit to whatever open sign you've got. Yeah, jump to the Keepstar next door. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're going to have to put in... I mean, they've said they're going to do something about abuse, whatever they understand that to be, but there's going to have to be some kind of timer if you've actively mined recently that <laughs> you don't get to go. Yeah, they'd have, they'd have to figure something out. I mean, I think it'd be good for... Like, I don't know, like any of the big blocks that all of us love to shoot their people uh, whenever we get a chance. Like, the big blocks, like, yeah, they're just going to, they'll probably be using it just to move their fleet from one moon to the next to the next and just gobble them up, which is cool. It makes standard living better, but it's also kind of shitty for hunters to catch and hold if they don't put something in that could stop the abuse. Yeah, if there's no, no timer, like Alec was saying, then you know, local, you know, local spikes up and you just jump out. Yep. Rorquals are safe forever. Hey, which none of us like that. I want things to die, even if it's my own ship. All right. We kind of ran through all that stuff. Um, I want to bring some things up really quick with uh, Alec and Ten. I don't know how much time you spend in Thera. Thera was kind of quiet when we did a, our little deployment to there. Yeah, Thera's pretty quiet, um, except I'm sure until Guardians Gala and the wormhole drop uh, rate ends, Thera camps are, are hungry. Yeah. But it's not a lot of stuff happens in Thera. A lot of people move through Thera. Yeah. Yep. Well, that said, we have seen some people running the sites successfully, no less. Hmm. Just because people don't, they Thera's kind of seen as a highway, not a place to hunt necessarily <laughs> so you might see some wormhole camping but rarely do you see people checking the sites that are in the in the system unless it's like on d uh, <laughs> i got totally murdered by uh wrong hole um we were in four drekovacs so i was like you know it's uh we're fairly protected here no nine tengus dropped on me <laughs> yeah yikes or there's me being the asshole dropping on the lone venture with my legion and blowing them up. And then I think Opus was with me and dude, Eve mailed Opus. What can I do better to uh, mine in wormhole space? And he was like, just don't <laughs> have a fleet. Don't do it in a venture. You're just going to die. They definitely uh, almost died in a fire on the way back to Thera a couple weeks ago, a week ago. I don't know. Time's lost all meaning, but um, <laughs> <laughs> as as we were getting to Thera, this giant Enyo fleet was coming out and like landed on the same gate I was on in an Oracle, which is not exactly a nimble ship. Nope. Um, and my <laughs> my courtmates provided a a very effective response, um, and we ended up getting out, losing only one malediction. But that's not bad. Yeah, every now and then, you know, you run into people trans transiting through Thera, and it gets pretty spicy. Yeah, yeah, we've we've caped some we've camped some gates and scared the shit out of some people in Thera, which was fun when we were out there. 
but we did use it like a lot of us kind of you know yeah we used it to base out of to just project wherever we wanted which is fun it was a little different yeah I mean, that's what it's good for really is you know you get the connections all over the place and it's um you know another part of the the very high mobility that exists now in eve yeah so we had based in providence a couple of years back and that was nice you're we part of wrecking crew got a lot of good content with them you know met a lot of nice people but i would say moving to thera from there is probably one of the best decisions we ever made for our corp the yep. fun level the fun factor has gone up dramatically uh, the amount of great fights we're getting on more of a day-to-day -day basis as opposed to every once in a while when a ping goes out yeah. increased dramatically. And we've even used it for some of our mercenary contracts because um, you know, if we're hired against a particularly like a, a multiple region situation or you know, we could be hired against several structures at the same time. If we're based on Thera, it's easy to get from one place to another. If it's multiple regions, the chance that you have a hole in or within 10 to 15 jumps of whatever you're looking to hit is pretty high. So it's yeah. given us a lot of great options for deployments. That's yeah, why I live yeah. in Poachman. You can say the same thing about it. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah absolutely. I spend way, way less time traveling now than when I lived in high sec. You know, we've got our, uh, Thera has a map, Potion has a map now that we can, you know, some usually take a look at a glance and see all the worm, most of the wormholes, or at least a way to, to get to where we're going. Nope. Yeah. How? I think the I, one Thera update that needs to happen is it needs some Potion connection. That'd be pretty dope. That'd be interesting. There, yeah, Thera has one static to a random Potion system. That'd be interesting. I do know that um, oh, really? there have been some very, very, very repeat offenders of uh, wormholes into certain systems in Pacman. I mean, it's not super frequent, but like we keep seeing, I think it's like four or five systems consistently showing up into J-Space, and they're the same systems. Oh yeah, one we day we had up, a... Like, a, a J-Space system with three potion wormholes in it. Wow. <laughs> you, could wow. Go to every, you could go to every cry through this one J-Space system. It was wild. Is that considered a NullSec connection? No. It's like for static purposes? No. Uh, we, our NullSec wormholes are different. We uh, the, the F216 is the normal J-Space connection. Um, so uh, it's a... A Pochven 2J space type. Yep. We Technically, have... it's from J space to Pochven, yeah. but. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know yeah. there was a specific J space 2 Pochven type. Yeah. There's one yeah. that goes the other way, too. There's an R081. It goes back the other way. It has no rats on it. It's the only word hall that has no rats on it. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone the other day about how I, I kind of think it's a missed opportunity a little bit that. Uh, Poachman, none of the Poachman systems really are out in null because the the proximity extraction filaments, like if there was a Poachman system that you could proximity extract into drone lands, oh baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you're certain to find a wormhole to drone lands. Almost yeah. all of them go there. Yeah, but it just uh but yeah i see what you're saying you know what i mean like if it, if poachman's 
base systems were a little more scattered, it would be really interesting, you know, transit in and out. Um, though also possibly like the way you can jump into Pochvin and then jump into HiSec if you could go the other way, if you flew to the right system and went out to your home area of Null would be a little a little much, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, talk about that stuff. I kind of like, uh, it's weird. I kind of like it and I kind of hate it. The, um, Pakovin and Nullsec Yeet filaments not working in JSpace is kind of an interesting change. No more get out of jail free card. Yeah, that is definitely something that, you know, you can kind of see what they intended it for. But also, you know, it's a, it's a little, I don't know, it feels a little clumsy. Well, if I remember right, somebody from CCP, like, replied in a thread talking about it on r slash Eve, and they were talking about how, like, they want to do a different kind of change to filament, but the thing is, is that it's going to take more time to do, and this is like the Band-Aid fix. Yeah, that makes sense. All Something right, we, about a spool time was mentioned, but who knows? Ooh, a spool up time? That'd be yeah. I don't know. I think I that's say, a... small gangers aren't happy for that. <laughs> if you can't combat someone down, combat scan someone down and catch them in fifteen minutes, like yeah. let you it suck. go. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when I get all excited when? Well, this is pre gates opening up when idiots would get yeeted into. Pakovin and just die because they couldn't gate. Yeah. You'd kill them on the gate because they think they could gate and it was locked behind standings and they couldn't do it. So, all right, we're, we're kind of getting to the wind down point. Uh, let's, let's have the fun that I like to have and favorite kills in the past, well, since the last show or last week or so, depending on how active you are in PvP. Um, we had some fun couple days ago, yeeting out in a null sec. First yeet failed miserably. Everything, you know, we hop in system, everything docked. Uh, but we did stumble across uh, a Myrmidon in uh, Tribute. Um, and I managed to get on, I managed to kill that little bastard, which was fun. It's always fun killing frat when they're, you know, botting, I, I always say, it, botting away killing NPCs, but these guys weren't bots because we ended up getting, like, up 30-man fleet chasing us around <laughs> after we killed the Myrmidon and an Ishtar. Nice. Nice. I right. like it. Yep. Alexi, or would you like a second to think? <laughs> no, I, I, I was just bringing up the killboard, so I had all the, the facts and figures in front of me. <laughs> I've got but, one ready to go here. Um, it, I wasn't actually involved on this one. I posted it in, in the Twitch chat here, but uh, my uh, court mates got a random Postman Orca. Ooh. A rare Postman Orca, like, at random, too. Like, out of nowhere. Yep. That's, that's, um, unless Saltier takes one out, then, then it's not that rare. <laughs> you always get so we got a, a, a very fun Harbinger fleet the other day. It's not really a doctrine we run. Um, one of my FCs just bought two billion worth of harbingers and brought it in 
uh, Harbingers with T1 Exekers and one Typhoon for like extra damage. So I, I hopped in the Typhoon. It felt great to be like king of the hill in that environment. <laughs> we fought on ESS against uh, initially a bunch of Serbs and then a Spectre Fleet Raptor Fleet came in. So he <laughs> brawled both of them at the same time. Uh, and I don't, no one even shot me the whole time because they were like, oh, we're not going to primary the freaking battleship. There's all this other fragile stuff around. So I'm just <laughs> sitting there like I'm cruise missileing everybody. I'm, I'm throwing newts out. My main job was making sure every module I had was active at all times. Uh, and it was, a, a, I mean, for us, a pretty big brawl. It was 64 versus 17. Damn. And we managed to come out slightly uh, 1.7 build kill to 1.15 lost. So it, it was pretty bloody. Um, after we killed the Serb fleet initially, they reshipped to Drekovics with his Armazed for Lodgy. And that we could not break. And they had us pretty well tackled, so we went up losing most of the Harbs. Yeah. Um, oh. But it was a heck of a fight. <laughs> Now, some of that 64 is reshipped, so it was probably more like 50, but yeah, still pretty pretty insane. Uh, and I was surprised at how well the execs did. I'm learning to appreciate the Tech One Logic Cruiser a little bit more. I believe it. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a little bit of fun. Reese, you got anything? Well, I mean, other than helping murder a shattered wormhole ice belt, uh, <laughs> I, which I love those things. They're just massive. Uh, I was going around in Pockman, and uh, I caught a horde sleeping on a gate. Got to pot him, <laughs> but that was nice. A free kill in just a quick amount of time, you know? Yep. Always love that stuff in Pockman. Ted? Uh, yeah, we had actually quite a good roam um, in Catch, uh, I guess a week or two ago now. We fought some of the locals. They brought an Osprey Navy fleet to fight us, and then they reshipped into a, a Typhoon and Guardian fleet to fight us again uh, through their jump bridge as we were heading away. And we had some interesting engagements, and they were like happy to have a fight and chill and local, and it was nice. There you go. All right. Um, so everyone should. If they haven't already, I said this before Christmas when I had Alexion listen to Decorations of War. The podcast is the shit. Um, Alexi, if you want, you can you can plug your, your yeah, stuff. absolutely. Um, so DeclarationsofWar.com is the website. It's Eve's longest running podcast, running it for like a, almost a decade. <laughs> no, actually, at this point, I think it'll be over a decade. Oh, it's just so crazy to think about. Um, the next episode we release, we're going to have some devs on, uh, CCP Paragon, CCP Burger, to talk about the pod or the new patch. So uh, I've got a bunch of questions from their initial broadcasts on TIS, and hopefully there'll be some of the questions the audience out there has too. If you guys want to tune in to check it out, uh, we've kind of developed a bit of a reputation for maybe not the live interviews because we we don't record too often. It's every other week. But uh, some of the harder hitting, in depth interviews with our podcast format. So hopefully, we'll really get into some stuff with them about these design decisions and what's going on with them, why, how they're going to fit into the larger meta. Hoping it'll be a really interesting discussion. So 
If you haven't checked it out, great entry points for the show that we've had recently. Uh, we had the Matani on, and then two shows later, we had CCP Ritani on. Uh, cannot recommend those two episodes highly enough. They are both very good and uh, very timely. So if you want some great podcast content, check out declarationsofwar.com. Then 10. You want to spit less than 10 at all? Sure. Um, we're also probably going to have some CCP devs on in the immediate future. Uh, I think CCP Swift and Aurora, who's uh, moving from community team to game design, as I recall. Um, we're going to talk about some of this patch stuff. We're going to talk about the Anger Games, which is kind of winding up. The AT ships that just came out, that kind of stuff. So, should be interesting. Uh, if anyone is not aware, CCP Swift and CCP Aurora are extremely involved in the Alliance tournament, and you know, very, very much have uh, carried that rebirth. So, yep. I mean, I think it is like episode four or something of my show. Yes, I've only had thirteen episodes. I'm not as cool as Alexi. I managed to ninja Swift and Aurora in to talk about getting the AT tournament back. Yep, they're so. they're great guests. They're fun to talk to, so always look forward to that. Mm -hmm. All right, well, um, I'll, let, I'll I'll do this just for Alexi, so I don't have to do it. You can you can plug Noir, your Merc. I oh, love I love your you. plug. It's it's like the, the the nice calm part of the episode. I'm like, okay, the next episode's starting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are looking for some good pilots. Um, we've cut a lot of inactives and we had a few key people leave recently. So, uh, we're just kind of focusing on getting back to basics right now. If you want to enjoy not just less than 10 PVP, but sometimes a little bit more than 10 PVP or working with, uh, like other highly skilled players to do stuff like high end bomb runs and fights or, Run a dedicated Eeyore ring to break up some high-sec Lashaks or lock down a wormhole to prevent, prevent someone from getting evicted. These are all the kinds of contracts that we get. Um, and because we're a Merc Corp, it's a unique opportunity for you to not just do this PvP, but also get a little bit of compensation for it. So not only do we have a great community of highly skilled pilots and a ton of FCs to you know, just have content all day, every day, but you can also grow your wallet through PVP. And if you're like me and you're not super enthused about EVE PVE, it gets real boring real fast, that's a really good option. So if you're into it, check us out. It's cafe noir dot in game, cafe space noir period. And I'm happy to field any questions. There's a link to our Discord so you can come chat with us. Ten, do you wanna do you wanna end this in a bang? See if I can we can pull off another, you know, live. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. You can start up. It's not the size of your gang. But how triangular it is. You guys stay safe, fly dangerous, mercs kill everything, Pacman needs to be dirty kill zone, and Roke Capel needs to kill Frat. The end. Agreed. Agreed. Alright, later guys. <laughs>